how you know how you got that name. <laughs> oh, we know. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Yankee Stadium. I dare any show to beat that intro. This intro right now. I dare pretty him. Bad. Pretty bad out. I dare him. It's not going to happen. I'm going to let it play too. It can't be beat. It won't be beat. It's the greatest of all time. Never. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 1515 of Empire 161, a show about the New York Yankees, a show about baseball, a show about whatever the hell we want it to be. I am Mr. Tim Tabala, my co-host right over here. I do this now, so I make sure I, I'm always reporting in the right direction. Is Ed Camus. Ed, what is going on? Hey, yo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not much, man. Little, little bummed out still from... Friday night, but hey, you know, things are gonna happen. So let's let's jump into it. I'm glad we didn't do. Th- I'm glad we didn't do the show Saturday. And we were talking about it, but I think I was a little too pissed too off, hyped. too hyped up. Yep, yep. <clears throat> One quick thing you see on the bottom, our little ticker there is now says presented by PopCulturePros.com. That is our new home. That is our new place to watch everything. We will be sending out links and all kinds of other cool stuff that's going to be part of it. But that is our new link. Find the Facebook page, find the YouTube, find the Instagram, the Twitter, find all of it, and follow us at popculturepros.com. And before we get into the disaster that was the ALDS, it seems like uh, Hall of Famers are dropping like flies recently. Uh, Today we got the news. Hall of Fame second baseman from the Big Red Machine, Mr. Joe Morgan, passed away. Uh, Definitely a legend, definitely a Hall of Famer. Definitely likes to talk about himself and his team. Uh, that's a, as I said, that's how we know him. But Ed, give us a little bit of rundown of what Mr. Joe Morgan did for the game of baseball. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll, I'll we'll go through some quick numbers, but I mean, the guy, the guy was absolute legend, Hall of Famer, some one of the greatest second basemen who's ever played the game. Uh, over the course of twenty-two seasons, uh, Morgan had a career average of two seventy-one with a three ninety-two on base percentage, uh, eight nineteen OPS. Uh, he had 2,517 hits. His war was actually 100.5, which is pr- pretty crazy. Um, like I said, Hall of Famer, two-time uh, league MVP, and L- uh, MVP, uh, two-time World Series champion, 10-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove Award winner, uh, All-Star Game MVP, won a Silver Slugger, and two-time NL Player of the Year. Uh I mean, Morgan was a monster. I mean, Tim started, like, at, at our age group. I mean, we kind of knew him from doing uh, NBC broadcasts with Bob Costas for the 90s Yankees and uh, Sunday Night Baseball also. Uh, listen, he was great at his job. He did, you know, he, he did his thing for, what, obviously, a phenomenal player. But from what we knew him as, he, he was a great commentator. But we always used to goof around about, uh, no matter what the 90s Yankees did, no matter what anything, no matter what Jeter ever did, he would never, in Morgan's eyes, he would never compare to Dave Concepcion, his double play partner. <laughs> it was it, it was, it was crazy, man. Uh, but let, let, let all due respect to him, man, like, you know, his thoughts and prayers with his family and everything like that and all the rest of baseball. Uh, but, yeah, Morgan was known for being with the Big, Big Red Machine in the mid-70s for most of his career. I know he was with the Giants and the Astros as well. Um, 
but yeah, he was he was an absolute legend. It's true. Like legends seem to be dropping here in 2020. Uh, you know, left and right. You know, Tom Seaver, Bob Gibson, uh, Joe Morgan, and then we'll you know this will lead us into our you know our very own. But very how own. great was it watching those games, putting bets or whatever on how many times he would mention himself, the oh, big yeah. red machine, and Dave Concepcion. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I didn't know who Dave Concepcion was until Joe Morgan bragged about him almost on every single broadcast. And I used to love that. We used to make jokes about that all the time. As soon mm -hmm. as you saw Joe Morgan's face, Joe Morgan's face, it was Dave Concepcion in the house. And he was oh. nowhere near the damn place. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, listen, in, in his eyes, the Big Red Machine would destroy the 98 Yankees teaming up with the 1927 Yankees, and it wouldn't even be close. The so, big red machine, man. That's it. He was the biggest cheerleader for them. But he was a great dude. He was a good announcer. And, of course, yeah. you know, Hall of Famer. Uh, before we continue, we have a very special guest. It's the boss himself, Steve Faraji. What's going on, brother? How are you? What's up, guys? How's it going? Oh, I like the echo. What's going on? Yeah, wow. You know, uh, yeah. it, it, so it sounds it's echoey, but then it doesn't come across on the podcast for some reason. Because I, I listen to it afterwards, and I'm like, ah, oh, it doesn't sound too bad. I'm in an empty room. There's, there's a treadmill, an unused treadmill over here, and a TV hanging on the wall. But I just recently moved, to be expected. How's life, fellas? Good. Chilling. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we had a disappointing ALDS, but, you know, we're moving on. Moving on slowly, but surely. We had a disappointing 2020. Yeah, you ain't kidding. But you want to give us a quick uh, Joe Morgan? Do you have any memories, good memories of Joe Morgan? Uh, yeah, I mean, just like you guys were just talking about, uh, he's the biggest uh, Big Red Machine fan. Um, it, you know, Sunday Night Baseball is just always such an exciting thing to kind of watch, especially when your team is playing. Uh, but it, it no, no matter what, I you know, I tune into – I'm a huge baseball fan. So I, I tune into Sunday Night Baseball and uh, – and just to hear Joe Morgan means it's time. He provided really good, um, you know, uh, uh, not play by color, color commentator. Uh, and he, he, he always had his unique spin on it, you know. Um, and not to mention that just a tremendous player, uh, you know, uh, uh, arguably a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of people have him in the top five of the 70s. Um, and tremendous second baseman. So... A lot of people thought he was a little too cocky on on air, but what, a, a lot of people have said it. And you know, I'm just looking on Twitter. You know, he's kind of cocky, but you know, but he backed it up by, by how he how he played on the field and just his overall knowledge of of uh, of baseball. It was it's just great. And uh, you know, Ed, like you said, just it's like dominoes, like legend after legend after legend are just. You know, there's there's a legend killer out there. There's a Randy Orton running around, uh, just knocking these guys off. And and to kind of paraphrase what somebody said today on one of the posts, they said, you know, just uh, my childhood heroes are dying off left and right. And you know, un unfortunate, but uh, that's what sucks. Hey, Jason. Old. Yeah, right. <laughs> All. <laughs> well, the, re yeah. the reason I wanted you to come on. And I, I'm going to switch the ticker up down to the bottom here. We'll get a little more information. First broadcast on the new venture, the new site, the new show. Tell everybody about the new site and uh, what can we expect? Trivia question, 20 years. What was the very first show ever on the Pop Culture Pros Podcast Network? Which are, is... you a little, are you upset about it, though? 
Not in the least. I, you know, you know what's best for business. That's <laughs> it. I, Vincent all, K. McMahon. Always. That's it. It's always about what's best for business. It doesn't matter. You know, we, we flipped the on switch today. Popculturepros.com. I, th- I thought I was going to fumble on it a couple of times, but I'm getting there. You know, you practice it in the mirror. Uh, but yeah, so th- that that just started out today. Hey, mom. Hi, mom. Not your mom, <laughs> not your mom on a Yankee show. Just want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna true. sign off. It, she's going to sign off real quick. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> expect the unexpected anything could happen this year um yeah but no so it, very, very exciting uh very excited about uh launching this today it's been in the works for a little bit now uh so popculturepros.com is the website uh and you know you can you can head out to the website it's live now uh top right hand corner what's up mike uh top right hand corner uh of the site you can follow uh, you know, like the fan page, uh, we'll, we'll get invites out for the group. The group is growing pretty, pretty steadily, uh, early, early on here. Uh, you'll also get the, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, your sister's ass, all that good stuff, uh, is, is, is on there. Little Vic D potato, uh, as, as we close that, that part out. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to be covering, um, you know, for those of you who knew us from cinesportstalk.com, we're going to be covering some of the same things, uh, but we're going to, we're going to put a unique spin on some of these things. We're also going to cover music, all things pop culture, some of the things that I don't even like to talk about, but we will talk about, you know, who's, who's dating this person, who's dating that person. But, you know, we'll get Gia or, Nar- or Nardo to, to take care of that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, we're going to have contests. Uh, actually, the first contest is going to go up tonight. Uh, it's for a screening giveaway here in, in Florida. Uh, I, who knows how long the movie theater is going to be open, but it's going to be, uh, down in Miami and Tampa, I believe. And I don't remember that it's, it's for the movie two hearts. So, uh, that's going to go up today. We're also going to do raffles, uh, and just to dive a little bit into the raffle stuff. So, you know, we'll, 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 we'll talk to everybody in the group. What do you guys like? You know, do you, do we, do we want to put a Yankee Jersey up there? You know, who, who, whoever Aaron Boone. You know, put an Aaron Boone jersey up there, and you know, and we'll raffle it off. You know, that it, it might cost five bucks to enter, uh, but you'll get a you know one hundred and twenty dollar jersey in 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 return. Um, and we'll do that with with little things here and there, uh, Funko Pop and movies, games, all that all that kind of stuff. Uh, and the site's going to evolve as as we go, obviously. So we'll we'll be you know moving along, changing things up. If and we'll try everything. You know. That that's always been my motto, uh, and I'm I'm also going to lift the, the the whole restrictions on the f bomb stuff, and I know you guys want to use some today, <laughs> uh, so I say release the hounds. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's funny because Ed, Ed, we were him with texting about the show, and he's like, "If we did this show Saturday, I'd use up all the f bombs in the first five minutes." Then you, then Steve, you texted me right after that saying. Hey, if you want to drop all these f bombs, you can just make sure you say it's explicit. Give the warning for the show. I was like, "Oh my god, we might just drop a lot of f bombs today on the show just because we can now." But we'll, we'll, and, still, we'll still keep it friendly. We'll still keep it friendly. It's got to come out naturally. You can't force. Yeah, it. you can't. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly. Yeah, and and that the restriction there it is. <laughs> and okay, the restriction Mom, came okay. from. The restriction came from you know it 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 really came from Nardo because. 
back in the day, it was just F-bomb, 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 this, that, D-word, F-bomb, you know, B, C, all, all this stuff. Uh, look, I'm censoring myself because my mom's watching. Uh, <laughs> as long as your mom's watching, um, I'm feeling uncomfortable dropping F-bombs. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, it, it, it's, it's a new venture. Uh, I, I appreciate uh, dropping S-bomb here. I appreciate the shit out of you guys, you know, for coming aboard. Um, I, I did, I, you know, originally I set out to do this on my own. I, I, you know, I, I didn't know who, who would come, uh, and, and, and join me, but I appreciate you guys, uh, coming along for the ride. Uh, I appreciate some of the other guys, uh, won't spoil anything, but I'm going to jump on all the shows that are going to take place this week, uh, and just do a little spiel like this and, you know, it, 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 it really is, um, something I'm very grateful for. This is, you know, on Cine Sports Talk, I did that for um, over over nine years. Uh, we were we were doing that, uh, and so I learned a lot of lessons, learned a lot of good, know to you know escape the bad. Um, but the 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 whole premise of it came up, you know, as I was drinking whiskey and 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 whatnot at um, right before I got married. Uh, and then you know it it, it came to fruition, and uh, as you know the wedding reception uh as more people you know we had it at um at uh, bahama breeze it's right on the lake right right here across the street at sawgrass mall um and as people were as people showed up hey steve come inside let me buy you a couple shots all right <laughs> sure 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 and then you know it, it just it just clicked uh and and not too long after that i started building the site uh and we launched it and it, it, a lot of success and we're going to bring along we have all the buy-in from all the studios um you know the the miami dolphins are are in on on it, on it also uh so that'll help us build up the reputation in the area covering community events down here um you know dolphins are not that great of a football team right now uh but i will say the one thing that they do is they are tremendous in the community they are always you know food banks and uh homeless shelters and holiday stuff they are they are fantastic when it comes to that kind of stuff. So it's always a joy to cover it. Uh, they also do cheerleading competition every year. Uh, we cover that as well. <laughs> and we can't be there for that. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that dolphin team not that good. Just put up like 50 points against a 49ers team that the Giants couldn't beat. Right. But we'll yep. talk about that Wednesday. <laughs> That's so, a whole other show. So, so, so depressing. Yeah, uh, so that that that's it. Um, not a word from Steve. Mike Mike says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's all about content. So we're gonna drive as much content as possible. Obviously, we have the shows. We have uh, this th this show. We have the Just Too Sweet show, uh, the Kyle and Jader show, the Giant show, the Mets show, uh, and and then we're we're gonna kind of elaborate on some of the top tens that we do. So when we do a top ten, depending on what the topic is. We'll grab three or four or five people that contributed to the top 10 and then jump on the show and talk about why we chose each, uh, each you know, ranking of the top 10. You know, and, and then fun things like throwback kind of stuff. So maybe, and I, I mentioned in the chat earlier, maybe one week we do top 10 songs of 1991 or you know, 1983 or whatever we, we, we shout out. And those kind of things will become interesting because we have a uh, pretty pretty long range of of ages 
on the on the site. You know, you know, Kyle's the baby, I think. Uh, and I, I, and I I'm the imagine. oldest. <laughs> Am I the no, old man? I, I, no, I think Rodriguez. Okay, Rodriguez got to be the oldest, right? I'm close, but it's okay. So men- <laughs> mentally, I'm mentally I'm 15, so that's that's, exactly. that count, that's, that's all that counts. I should count for something. <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. So again, I appreciate you guys joining. Uh, looking forward to it. I'm very excited about this. Absolutely, boss. Anytime, man. I love it. Absolutely. I can't wait. We are too. T-shirts are Perfect. coming. T-shirts are coming. Logos are coming. All this good stuff is 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 happening. Uh, as Mike calls you, Tim, the old man. That's right. Hey, like, what am I gonna deny it? Mentally, though, mentally. Hey, but you know, when when you have guys like Tim, Tim start, you know, the you, the older guys warn the up and coming guys that are about to start becoming old about some of the nuances of becoming old. So it's you true. know, I I learn I learn uh, some tips and tricks from Tim and Keith. You know, got to shake a few more times as you get older. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Thank you for acknowledging my TikToks, Mike. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. The TikToks yeah. are great. You know, we, we 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 also have maybe we make an entire section uh, for TikToks because the, the TikTok, the one that you did today was fantastic. Loved it because I I I love I love that movie and I love that speech. Um, but I, I won't spoil that. But we can pop that up there uh, and you know get get the get the group going in some duets. We did a duet a few weeks ago. Uh, so yeah, some all all fun, all all excited um, about about this moving forward. If, if I was, if I I said I should have I should have invented TikTok. That's my kind of thing. If I had that know it all, I w- I would have invented it ten years ago. But I don't have you know, that know how. We we should have done. We, how many times did we talk about? What was the other dub smash? Yeah, yeah we could have we could have done it. We suck, but we're doing but we're doing this. This we're is what we're this. doing. We're doing this. We're doing it. We're doing it live. And That's we're doing right. It. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Any more words before you go? You wanted to throw out No, that's else? it. No, that's it. Uh, j- just head over to the website, uh, popculturepros.com. Yeah, all the all the um, all the the profile names and stuff are down there. But if you just go to the pro- uh, popculturepros.com, you can up in the top right hand corner all the social media stuff. And then we're gonna be inviting. You know the the. You know, as many people as I want to go and like the fan page, follow us on Twitter. The real meat and potatoes of of what we've done over the over the years has happened in that Facebook group, and that's that that's where we really want to grow. Uh, Instagram is nice, and you know, the studios and and you know the sports teams and whatnot. They want you to drive those numbers up, but if we can get that core in there in the group. We can drive up the rest of the numbers, and uh, you know, people just follow us along. Like Mike can invite all of his buddies, all of his friends, all of his pals, all of his amigos. Uh, to I, I'm overusing that. Just go with it. Just I like it. it. Um, yeah, never enough, Chris Farley. Never, enough Chris never Farley. enough, Chris Farley. Uh, so yeah, so uh, you guys watching, just invite all your friends uh, to to the group. Invite them to like the fan page, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff, and and YouTube. And uh, once we get back in the swing of things, thank thanks, buddy. Thanks, Mike. Uh, once we get back in the swing of things, and more and more screenings become available. Just as I did before, we'll make a special announcement on YouTube as to when the contests are going to drop. So it's 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 imperative that if you want to go to some of these things, you, either virtually or physically in the, in the movie theaters, socially distanced, of course, that you'll head over to the YouTube channel and find out exactly when uh, the the contests are are, are going to drop. <laughs> nice, very nice. 
No fake Aussies allowed. Oh, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna bring that one up. That's, that's, <laughs> Mama Ferracci, that's a shot right there. That's a shot over off over the bow. Shots wow, fired. Man. Shots are fired already. <laughs> Opening night. This is like the Monday Night War all of a sudden, right? <laughs> that's like Lex Luger walking out in the end of the show. Holy right? crap! <laughs> all right, so all right, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, I'll guess I see you Wednesday for our yeah. After, oh no, um, I I think. Are you going to do a show tomorrow? Just too sweet. I don't know because of the football game. You're right. Ugh. I have to give the I have to give the wife the it, good space. <laughs> it's 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 crazy because football is going to be like every day of the week now. <laughs> yeah, with, sure. the, with, the, with the way COVID's going. All so, right, I don't, uh, fellas, enjoy the show. Have a good one. Break a leg. Thanks this for coming is the on. very first show on the network. It's it's very exciting. Very very exciting. Uh, come south, catch a G man. Yeah, absolutely. When we're when a good, good team, maybe. So, which is going to come first, COVID being gone or the Giants being good again? That's uh, that's our next debate. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> let's let's not go yeah. there. <laughs> All right, fellas. All right, Steve. Catch you later, man. Thanks for coming Have on. Have a good one. See you later, soon. buddy. Take care, Ed. <laughs> Bye. All right, that was exciting. Very exciting. Yes, exactly. Everyone, follow all the new stuff down here. It's good to go. Uh, all right. Now we have to move on, unfortunately, to another legend. But this one hurt a little more because he was a Yankee legend. Mr. Edward Charles Whitey Ford, the chairman of the board, passed away also, which I'm not going to lie, I thought would be the catalyst of the Yankees winning that game five. Unfortunately, no. But And also, you know what's sad about this, though? He's the last. He is the last of that, that era. era. Yeah. That yeah. 50s, 60s swaggery, Copacabana, in your face, you know, dominate Yankee team. And he was the last one. And he was the quietest of the ones, too. Yep. Maybe, well, maybe Yogi, but Yogi liked to talk, but <clears throat> he was the last real one of that era. So it's a little extra sad. Uh, tell us about the chairman of the board. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, now rest in peace, Whitey Ford. Uh, Honestly, arguably the greatest starting pitcher in Yankees history. Uh, Whitey had a, a career record of 236 and 106, uh, 275 ERA with a 121 whip. Uh, he had 1,956 strikeouts in his career, uh, elected to the Hall of Fame in 1974, 1961 uh, AL Cy Young winner, 10-time All-Star, six-time World Series champion, 1961 World Series MVP, he won the ERA title twice, uh, three-time AL wins leader, and he had his number 16 retired. So next time you're in the stadium, you know, drop by Monument Park, and I'll check out number 16. Um, it, as far as historically as well within the Yankees, uh, he's the all-time uh, wins leader with the Yankees at 236. Also leads them in career shutouts with 45 uh, and innings pitched at 3,170 and a third innings. And he's tied with Andy Pettit for most games started by a pitcher at 438. Uh, Ford uh, played 16 seasons. Um, the and he also lost two seasons of his career in 1951 and 1952 due to uh, service time in the military. Uh, Ford was born in Manhattan, but was raised in Astoria, Queens, and grew up a Yankees fan, kind of like Tim and I. Yankees fans from Queens, but. You know, Whitey got to play for the team and was just an absolute legend. Um, known as the chairman of the board for the most, but uh, Casey Stengel also referred to uh, Ford and, and Mantle 
um, and uh, as the whiskey sticks, uh, whiskey slicks. So he mainly used to go with uh, Ford as slick. So if you remember watching uh, 61, you heard him referred to as slick a couple of times here and there, and that actually references uh, another nickname that was given to them by Casey. Um, Casey would also be known to have Ford as kind of like his secret weapon, something you don't see around these days. He would have him skip starts and actually move him based on, oh, there's a big game coming up, so I'm going to save Whitey for that game and give him a couple of extra days rest and then pitch him against whoever they needed to. So, I mean, that's how much shows you how much he thought of Whitey Ford, that he would specifically be like, this is my money guy, this is how it goes. Like, imagine today if, you know, Boone was doing that with Garrett Cole. It was just like, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to save him a couple of days because we want to go have, want him to pitch against, you know, the Rays or whoever the heck it was that was coming up. So uh, that was kind of unprecedented. Uh, greatest pitcher in Yankee history? Or definitely the greatest starter in Yankee history, but, you know, a lot of people argue Mo. <clears throat> Yeah, That's a great pitcher in Yankee history, but greatest starter definitely. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say that. Um, and it's hard to compare the two because one's a starting pitcher, completely different eras, and you know one is the greatest closer of all time. So, um, yeah, as far as starting pitchers go, you know Whitey, Whitey was it, man. And it's gonna, it's gonna be very different, you know, going back to an old timers day now because I mean now Ford was, you know, the last guy out who would come in and take a couple of steps out of the dugout. He would still wave to the crowd with his jersey on and things like that. But um, I saw some of that debate going on, like who now is the greatest living Yankee? Because that's what Ford is being referred to as. Um, that's a good question. Mariano? I mean, well, I mean, Jeter, I think you're about the older guys, I mean. I mean, that's really up in the air, but they're just saying like greatest living Yankee now. Like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, we got Jeter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got those guys. I'm not worried oh, about there's that. plenty, but like <laughs> – it's just crazy that that like that's how far it's shifted now. You know what I mean? Because whenever we think of greatest living Yankee, our brains like you, right now with you, the your brain automatically jumps to like a guy who played in the fifties and the sixties and stuff. Yeah, like that. And it's now true. Kind of like man. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like, even think about like because if Rivera Jeter's the greatest living Yankee, it's like, oh, really? You're like, wow, that, what that, happened? That's depressing. Where, yeah. where the where the seventies go? <laughs> yeah, and so it was happened. No knocking of Reggie or you know Craig Nettles or anything like that. But th I mean, that also shows you where Rivera and Jeter, you know, stand in the old time, you know, old time list there. But it's it is it is something, man, and it's it, it's something to see these guys go. Are, are we shit talking already? Oh, that's my cousin Frank. Well, Frank, I, you'll you'll get to that because. You'll probably get a kick out of uh, some of this that's coming. Uh, yeah. Also, yeah. let's just get it out of the way now. Parental was it? Parental discretion is advised. When we start talking about the ALDS, we'll throw that out there now, and I'll make sure I hit the explicit button when I post this online. Uh, so yeah, you know what? Uh, let's just get to this. Let's just get to this already. All right. Well, it's uh, it's 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 yeah, it's. It's not so much the loss, it's the decisions that were made during the losing that's quite baffling. So I guess we'll get to that now. Um, yeah, we'll recap. Let's recap the LDS. Let's get it started. It's it's even funny, like, you know, you look back on it now, we're going to talk about some of the happy times during the LDS. And like game one. <laughs> like game one, which we'll start <laughs> off with. But for me, it's almost like thinking about what we used to joke about RoboCop. We both love RoboCop, but then we start thinking about the sequels, and we're like, let's just stop it right there. Let's just pretend the rest of it never happened. Um, all right, so game one. Uh, game one of the division series. The Yanks won big, I uh, know, nine to three. 
Uh, Gary Cole got the win going six innings, uh, giving, scattering six hits, gave up three runs with eight strikeouts during that time. Um, Green and Britton came on to go ahead and pitch a scoreless inning each. Uh, Yanks got homers by Frazier, Frazier who got the thing started with a, you know, a ball that seemed like he got out in about a blink of an eye. Uh, to left, uh, Kyle Higashioka added another one, and Aaron Judge, uh, before Giancarlo Stanton blew the game wide open with a grand slam in the ninth inning. Uh, Hicks uh, was also three for four in that game with two ribbies. Um, there was a there was a thing that was mentioned. I got a lot of people talking, especially Pedro Martinez on the post game show when Glaber Torres uh, took second base in the ninth inning uh, with the Yanks had a six run lead off of uh, Rays rookie um, Clanahan. Uh, Pedro lost it. He was going ahead, and we, I know we referenced earlier in the season. See, it all comes full circle about the unwritten rules of baseball. And honestly, I think Pedro may have been the only person on the planet who had an issue with this because everyone else, from what I saw and what I was thinking, was like, listen, in today's game, that's that's a rule that's got to go out the window. I mean, you're up six, but what the hell does that mean anymore? Like, often, like home runs are hit left and right, and you know, offense scores a, a, so many runs. Like, you can't take anything. That's what Glaber was like, listen, no disrespect to them. I don't mean disrespect to anyone, but I'm going to take the base. You know, that's it. Like, there's no lead that's safe. Um, you know what? First F bomb. Fuck Pedro Martinez. There it is. <laughs> That's the first one because I can't stand that dude. It's my most hated <laughs> of all time. I mean, uh, but yeah, he deserves it. He does warrant the first F bomb dropped on the show. Uh, well, in that game, also, Stan became the first Yankee DH to hit a home run in postseason history. That's kind of crazy. Like, I know crazy. We, we've been rolling off a lot of these first things, and it's always shocking. Because especially with the Yankees, like, the, you know, you would figure something like this would have happened already. Without I would have thought Mike Stanley or Jim Lairitz would have been at DH, but no, they weren't. Chili Davis, Chili Davis would have been a good option in, in, the, uh, oh, in the late Davis. 90s. Or, you know, Daryl Strawberry or something like that. Yeah, you're right. Wow, that is crazy. Jason Giambi, like another DH Yanks had that was, you know, you would see, like, yeah, he probably hit a grand slam. No. Stanton became the first. Uh, Yankees became the first team in MLB history to score nine plus runs in each of their first three games of a postseason at that point. Um, so then that takes us up to the game that's probably going to warrant the most discussion in the series uh, was game two. So as we recapped, um, you know, trying to go back to it, Yanks were up one nothing in the series after a very dominating Game one win. So you would think the Yanks are the ones who are not desperate in this situation at all. The Yanks are the ones who are in the driver's seat. The Yanks are the ones with actual five starters in their rotation. You know, and and full disclosure too. Before we really dive into this, I just want to set up, set the stage first. The reason you, in just case you do not know, the reason why the Rays and other teams and the Yankees have done it at times too, when you have an opener and you do that whole thing. It's because you want a lights-out uh, reliever to face the top of the order because you want you want to minimize how many times the bulk guy, which is usually the second guy that comes in, who you don't have a lot of confidence in, to face the you know come in in the later part of the order, not have to face the the meat and potatoes of the order as many times as possible. That's the strategy behind it. Okay. Now that takes us to game two, where the Yanks announced Devi Garcia was going to get the start in game two, which surprised a lot of people, including myself. I thought Masahiro Tanaka would have got that, even though he did struggle in game two against the Indians. That had the monsoon. It had a lot of other crap going on. You kind of give him a mulligan for that. 
been leading on his, his postseason career. All right, so the, they decide to roll with the kid. Uh, Garcia was the became he actually is still the youngest starter in uh, youngest guy uh, player to start a postseason game in Yankees history. Before what I'm going to refer to as the hat crap happened, so it was predetermined that Devi Garcia was only going to pitch one inning as an opener, which the Yankees did not reveal to anyone, which mostly happens in the press these days. They'll kind of unfold all of their thoughts out there. Yanks kept played this one close to the vest and didn't. But then you see one or two batters into the game, Haps warming up. My first thought is, oh, I mean, is Garcia hurt or something? Did I miss something? Like, are they going to go out to the mound? And then, you know, you start thinking along with it. What is going on here? And then, no, they're going to use him as an opener. So Hap comes out to pitch the, the top of the second inning. And... Uh, no, I'm sorry, the bottom of the second, and then that's when the wheels came off. Uh, Hap would end up going ahead, lasting uh, two and a third, giving up four home runs, giving up two homers, one of them to Mike Zanino, light-hitting Rays catcher who hit 147 this year and had a strikeout rate of 44%, and then also gives up a two-run homer to Margot, who is a good hitter, but still, Mike Zanino. Um. A lot of people jumped on Boone and, you know, being the manager of the team. But I also think we need to take a look at this and know when Aaron Boone was hired, it was because he's a communicator, right? Because we know that Boone isn't – well, Mike, we're going to get into – we're getting into that right now. You can't go ahead and and blame Boone for, honestly, all of it, though. Uh, yeah, I don't believe in that either. Like Luke Boyd, <laughs> actually. We'll, we'll get to that part, too, but – no, the, the big things here is that that was an organizational decision. There was no way Aaron Boone came up with this on his own. The Yankees have a huge analytical department. Brian Cashman has – I'm sure there was a meeting with Boone, with their bench coaches, with, you know, Cashman, with the front office. And they were like, hey, listen, here's all the numbers, blah, blah, blah. Let's try to beat the Rays at their own game and have Cash run out a lineup that had five lefties in it. And guess what? Well, he'll put out five lefties, and then we'll do a bait and switch – and then we're going to run Hap out there, so it'll give him the advantage to face five lefties. Rays didn't blink. They didn't change their lineup at all. And the lefties all hit Hap because Hap isn't good enough to, to warrant that thing. So personally, I would have been like, let the kid, let, let's let rock with Garcia. Let's go ahead. Let's. I can live with it if Garcia got bombed. Honestly, if Garcia went out there and got slapped around, I can honestly take that more than this crap. Or mm -hmm. if you started Hap, then start Hap then. Then start him from the, from the get-go, and, and that's it. The fact that they tried to beat the Rays at their own game and tried to get slick and all this other stuff is what drives you nuts. They completely overthought it. There was no reason for any of that. They have the starting pitching, did not need an opener. You just go with it, pick who you're going to go with, and, and rock with it. And I know CC Sabathia is completely on board. He was dropping F-bombs left and right on the R2-C2 show with Ryan Rucco. Because he even was like, what the hell is going on here? You know, essentially, what the fuck was, was, was the quote that was there. Um, yeah, up up one after a dominating performance, and you start playing games. Why yeah. start playing games? Just play the damn game. Yeah, it, it's Tanaka should have started game two. Yeah. Period. Simple as that. Exactly. The, once they announced that he wasn't starting game two, that thing that seemed like it was kind of weird and really out of character for the Yanks. And it was just you had to start wondering what the hell was going on here. And they were playing games and not announcing their start until the last minute. And then Garcia comes out and like, all right, that's an interesting choice. 
and then you 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 pull this. You completely overthought it. Probably turn the tide. I mean, it is debatable whether it turned the tide in the series or not. But you would think the Yankees got smacked around if Cole went out there in Game One and got lit up and got smacked around, and the Yanks had no starting pitching. They were super desperate. Then I can kind of understand where you would try to like overthink it or outmaneuver the Rays, but you didn't. The Rays are a smart organization as well. They saw it. They didn't blink. They were like, screw it. We're going to have our leave our lineup the same. We're not going to start substituting everybody. And then the Yanks paid for it. Uh, there was a final of seven to five. Uh, <coughs> Stanton kept rolling two for four, two more homers, four RBIs in that game. Uh, Stanton became the first play in MLB history with four plus homers and 10 RBIs in his team's first four postseason games. Um, so that was the silver lining to the to a seven to five loss. But Yanks also had a chance in the later innings. They did. They had runners on. You had to go ahead and run at the plate and couldn't get it done against the Rays lights out bullpen. So that, you know, that was that. And again, though, like if, I don't know, if you're, if you're going to try to lay into Boone on this, you got to kind of lay into the organization as a whole, because we do know that that's how decisions are made these days. Baseball managers are not all given the same authority as they used to. And, and that's why they've hired him. That's why they moved away from Joe Girardi. Uh, it takes us to game three, which was another Yanks loss, which they uh, dropped eight to four. Uh, we had mentioned we both wanted Tanaka to pitch game two, but he did go out, didn't have much against the Rays. He only lasted four innings, giving up eight hits and five runs. Uh, Green came in for one inning. He also gave up two runs. Um, Yanks had Charlie Morton on the ropes with the bases loaded. We only came away with a sack fly by Judge in the third inning. That was your chance. That was your chance to jump on them and to try to maybe like Right the ship right there, but they'll take it. If you're going to have bases loaded and get away with one run, you'll probably live with that most times. Um, oh, thank you, Roll. Yeah, that's it's it's a lot. Um, and then it was a weird move by who did that? The well, did I, that? I was he's burying the lead. I was going to kind of get to that uh, after the after the last last uh, game five recap, but we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah, Boone had a weird, weird position, weird spot too, which he did fully make the decision with. Uh, Boone pinch hit Clint Frazier for Kyle Higashioka uh, later in the game, and then the Rays went ahead and counteracted by bringing in a righty to face Frazier. Then, before he, uh, Frazier can grab a bat, then he pinch hits Mike Ford, who hasn't gotten a hit since August, uh, to pinch hit for Frazier. Why? Uh, again, overthinking, completely overthinking this. Mike Ford is left-handed. That's fantastic. But he also has not gotten a hit since August. So that, that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, Stan kept rolling again with a two-for-four with a two-run home run. I mean, he really carried the Yanks this series a, a lot. Um, and then that takes us to the next game in game four, which the Yanks did a rebound. Now, the big question is, you didn't, you know, who was going to start that game? They rolled out Jordan Montgomery, which kind of tells you that they were doing all the bait-and-switch things. How do you feel about Jordan Montgomery? Well, Montgomery answered the bell, man. He gave them four innings, uh, only, you know, three hits and one run. He was on the ropes a little bit early, but managed to work his way around it. Uh, Kyle Gashioka was pretty much Henrik Lundqvist in the back back there, blocking pitches left and right, which is, thank God they didn't have Gary Sanchez there for that. Otherwise, that game probably doesn't turn out the same. Uh, then, then the Yanks, you know, Monty only went four innings. Then the Yanks had to get to their bullpen, which I understand it's a do-or-die game. Green gave them two phenomenal innings. Then Britton gave them uh, an inning and two-thirds. And Chapman gave them an inning and a third. 
The bullpen gave up no hits and one walk from that point on. They were completely lights out. The bullpen was rested and ready to go at that point. So I, I totally understand why you start rolling out Britton and Chapman early. Uh, Voight got things going early on with a home run. Uh, he did not have a great series, but that was a huge home run for him. Uh, Gleyber Torres was two for three with a two-run homer that was oh, in the sixth inning. That was off that warehouse in left field on the fourth story of it. Shoot, I mean, that was a, just an absolute missile. Um, with that homer, uh, Gleyber Torres tied Mickey Mantle for the most career postseason home runs by a Yankee before the age of 24 with his fifth career postseason homer. So two uh, two baby bombers who, I mean, if he has a career anyone like Mantle's, then we're, we're in pretty good shape with that. Uh, Stanton added, added a double in that game as well as a sole hit, but he, that also made him the first player in postseason history with an extra base hit in each of his team's first six playoff games. Um, we'll, we'll get back to Stanton in a second, but then that comes to the heartbreaker in game five. But the Yanks dropped two to one. Uh, Garrett Cole started for the first time in his career on only three days rest. Uh, he went five in the third, lights out inning, a lights out ball he pitched. Um, he only gave up one hit and one run, which was that solo home run to Austin Meadows. That was the one where Judge tried to, you know, jump up and rob it. Like there was an overhang where he banged his head against the thing. I, I'm not even sure why that was constructed like that. I'm sure, not a lot of other players do that because Aaron Judge is just a monster. Of a, of a person, so that's probably why he bangs his head against it. Uh, but Cole did strike out nine as well. Um, I saw a bunch of things, you know, I do know some Rays fans and things like that who were sharing stuff on Facebook and stuff. Like, oh, you know, we beat Cole and look at his pay versus the whole Rays roster. You didn't beat Cole. Cole did his job. He left. He did not take the loss in that game. Cole he left two, with a tied one one. Cole was 2-0, oh, actually. You didn't beat him. Yeah. Cole I got did his job and answered the bell, man. So you can't mm -hmm. you can't shit on Cole with that one, whatsoever. Um, but being on three days rest is probably why they didn't want to push the push the envelope with him and keep it going. But then that also opened up some other you know weird decisions right there where Very you had weird. to figure. Well, yeah, you had to figure Britain was going to come in early. They were going to try to get to the back end of the bullpen. But then you, when you got to Chapman, you need, you asked him to get seven outs. Which he never does. Like that's not just not something you ask your closer to do normally. I understand all rules go out in the playoffs, but that's that's a lot for any closer. Uh, that is and, a lot. And, and Chapman's not that guy. He's not that guy. No, I mean honestly, for two innings, I would have been okay with that. But it's still though. But like pitchers are a creature of habit. Baseball players in general are creatures of habit. So you're going to ask him to come in, sit down, wherever long that goes, then get back up for the eighth inning, then get back up for the ninth inning. Like that was your plan, and then. I don't know. It it just didn't seem. It just seemed like it was a it was another move of desperation right there. Um, but actually, the Yanks were leading one nothing at one point, where Judge went ahead and hit a solo homer to right field. Uh, he had mentioned Austin Meadows tied it at one one, and then the big moment came where you know Brazo, who you know those who I'm sure if you're watching that show, you know the history, where Brazo went ahead and kind of uh, was thrown at by Chapman in the regular season, causing that whole thing, the stable of 98 stuff, and, you know, the, the whole thing there. And I'm not going to defend the role of Chapman for throwing at a guy's head at 100 miles an hour. Like, that, is, that isn't right, whether he's on the Yankees or not. That is that is a bit uncalled for. I do not think he was trying to hit him intentionally, but it is a dangerous pitch. I'm sure that wasn't forgotten about when he was coming up because he pinched hit for G-Man Choi earlier in the game. He knew that matchup was coming. And, you know, Chapman, you know, tough at bat, too. He kept fouling off pitches, fouling off that fastball. 
You can see he was getting the timing closer and closer and closer. Sanchez was trying to go ahead and call a slider in that situation. And I'm pretty sure Chapman, thinking back to what happened with Altuve last year, did not want to get beat on the second-best pitch with a slider. So he insisted on the fastball. He throws a 100-mile-an-hour fastball in on his hands, and he turned it around. I mean, you kind of do got to tip your cap to the guy, and you do got to wonder if we're being honest, if there was a bit of – if you believe in karma and the universe and all of that stuff, then perhaps, you know, well, if we're going to be honest, maybe Chapman got, got you know, kind of what he deserved. He got a little payback there. Um, but I was giving Brazil a lot of credit, though, uh, in the post game because he kind of stayed away from that. Chapman's not that guy. He did it with the Cubs and now multiple times. Well, I mean, listen, the Cubs, I'm sure if you ask any Cubs fan if they're glad that they had Chapman on their team at, you know, in 2016, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll say we'll take it again every single time over and we'll give you Glaber any, any day you want over it. They broke that curse, you know, with, but without Chapman, they probably don't win that series. Um, yeah, so Brozoa was kind of getting baited by the reporters a lot and stuff like that to like, hey, was this, you know, revenge, revenge, revenge? And he kind of took the high road and was just like, listen, their bullpen stuff, we had to do what we had to do against them and 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 took him deep. So he kind of stayed away from it. But then we'll get back to that second because I know Mike was referencing what that was, uh, what happened in the postgame with the Rays. Um, but then that takes us to the top of the eighth inning. So the Yanks were down two to one. So Boone decides to pinch hit Mike Ford again for Kyle Higashioka. Clint Frazier, not, not available, maybe. I mean, again, I mean, there's a lot of faith in Mike Ford. A lot of faith right there. But then that leads you to believe Yanks are carrying two catches in the ALDS. That tells you what all you needed to know about how they feel about Sanchez's bat right now because you know Sanchez was coming in for defense, right, which is also risky on its own because he has trouble catching Chapman all the time. But so you bypass Sanchez as a pinch hitter, which I'm not against, but you kind of could have went with Clint Frazier. He was available. And he, you know, he also can turn around a, a fastball, you know, pretty well with it with the lightning bat speed that he has, you know, that we that we all know legendary bat speed. Um, so and the Yanks were 0 for one with runners in scoring position in game five. Oh for one. They had one runner in score, one at bat with a runner in scoring position that game. And that, that tells you all you needed to know about the offense for, for game five. Um but as much as Brazil took the high road about not talking about Chapman in it, it was seen after the cameras went ahead and the cameras were off and the Rays were celebrating on the field. They played New York, New York. They played Empire State of Mind, obviously trolling the Yanks and all this stuff. I thought that was, listen, I get it. They won the series, you know, to the victor go the spoils and all of that. But I don't know. Then it was like you took the high road and now you decided to go drop down to that. So – all I can say is if the Yankees go ahead and face them again next season and we beat them, what are we what are the Yankees gonna play? Jimmy Buffett? Are you gonna yeah. like throw a public sandwich on the floor and, and stomp it out or something like that? That's it. Go to the Piggly Wiggly and start yeah. a riot. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what we're gonna do. Yeah, what are you what are, what are you gonna do? So I could almost maybe I'll take that as a compliment because we're in New York and we have plenty of stuff that you wanna kind of try to take down and stuff like that. But I don't know. I I just thought that was a little bit unnecessary or whatever. But. A, a few people I know, oh, I'm going to play New York, New York over and over again because I'm so happy they lost. I'm like, it's just a Sinatra song, dude. It's a good song. It is. Sinatra. A, it's Sinatra. It's a great Listen song. It. Listen, it, it, clo it closed my wedding. 
it closed many weddings also. I mean, yes, it's, it's, it is affiliated with the Yankees. It's very connected with that. I get that. It, it, it's karaoke that mine. Yeah. My engagement, my engagement party, I do karaoke that. So, I mean, yeah, come on. So. It's a great song. You, you're in New York. You live in New York. You, you have to hear that song at least once. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, listen, nonetheless, uh, you know, looking back on it, man, like that that game two decision with the organizational decision with Hapson, like it did turn the tide. I don't know if it lost the series for them. I wouldn't say that. The bottom line is the Yanks got to start getting more runners on, producing more runs, manufacturing a run here and there when you have to. I'm not telling you you go out there and start having Judge Bunt or Stanton Bunt and all this other crap in weird situations just because you got a runner on. But the offense has to be more diversified. It, it just absolutely has to. Yeah, Mike, what are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to do? They, yeah. they, won, they, won, they won the series. Now, the only heartbreaking thing is now, now you got to root for them because there is no way in hell I want the Astros anywhere near the World Series. Well, that, well, that's yeah. Well, that's the thing matter, right now, right? Matter of fact, I'm digging out my Dodgers hat out of my closet over here. I'm gonna put that <laughs> bitch on for the next two weeks. I can't have them anywhere near the World Series because they basically, if they win, it justifies cheating. See, we told you. See, we yeah. told you we didn't need. Yeah, but you did cheat. So well, they, they were doing that. The Astros were pumping their chest out after they beat the Twins, which is essentially a postseason buy now. Yeah. Uh, Lack of hitting in key situations and not their pitching. What do you guys think? A little bit, um, of, both. A little bit of both. I, I mean, they, they went out and signed Garrett Cole not because they had enough starting pitching. They needed an ace. You had to go for that. Wow. There you go, Hollywood. I like that. Just dump orange juice everywhere. But yeah. they won't be, they'll be offended. They're too stupid to figure out what that even means. Well, how about this? We just kick their asses next time, and then we just move on and don't lower ourselves to their crap. How about that? Who I gives like a shit? Too. I can do that, too. Um, no, I mean, is answering Raul's question there, I mean, they signed Cole for a reason. They needed an ace, had Tanaka. I think they – it seemed like we had more faith in their starting rotation than they did internally. By that move in game two kind of shows you what they felt about their rotation, and I think that was a complete miscalculation of the, of the entire situation right there. You're up in the series. You take it to them. You don't try to play their own game and try to say, oh, yeah – you know, we're smarter than them. The Rays are a very smart organization. Say what you want about whatever. They Listen, they do what they do with a very, very small budget, and they're always competitive. They're going to be around for a while. They're not going away. We're going to have to contend with them for a bit, two different ways to do it, but you play your game. You don't try to go ahead and mimic them at their own game. They go ahead and they need, they need an opener. They need all this other crap because they don't have five starters. That's exactly why it happens. But they figure out a way to win. I'm not trying to knock it. But if you're the Yankees, you have Garcia. He's came up. He's came up a bit earlier than anyone expected. You roll with him. You roll with Tanaka. Screw it. Haps on the team. He has experience. You put him out there. You put Jordan Montgomery, who proved the Yankees wrong of what they thought. Because the Yankees are not going to say, oh, we always knew we had Jordan Montgomery to fall back on in a game four if we were facing elimination. That wasn't it. He was a game four starter because you didn't believe in him earlier to, to start him earlier in the series. So I, I don't know. I, I think the Yanks, yeah, they, as, as far as it goes with the offense, though, yeah, home run or nothing isn't always going to win it. But guess what? The teams that are winning the World Series now, they're hitting a lot of home runs. The Rays beat us at our own game in game five. All three runs in the game were all scored on solo homers, but they happen to have a guy who who turned around a you know hundred mile an hour fastball on his hand? So, I mean, 
sometimes you tip your cap and they were they were a little bit better that day. Um, I'll, tip my, I'll tip my cap. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah. I was going to say, I mean, even though we lost, I, I'm not even going to ask because we're going to have the same exact answer again. Uh, I have spoken and yeah, no, of course, we, it's only we, fair. Know, we know who it's going to be. You might as well just say because we're going to have the exact same two people again. Well, here, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll put it up for the force is strong with this one, who is obviously going to be Mr. John Carlos Stanton, who was I mean, a goddamn monster in this. It's about time. I'm going to say it. It's about freaking time. But, you know, health is a big thing. And uh, <clears throat> he showed up in a major way, in a major way this time. It's just got to stay healthy, man. And that's what he can do for us in the future. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. Now, all these people knocking, oh, you know, he only hits home runs against mm. bad pitching or he only hits them when they don't matter. That's a load of shit, and that's it. The big thing is he has to stay healthy. You know, he's talked this season about even at the end, you know, maybe different routines and stuff like that to try to make sure, you know, help his legs out and stuff like that. Hopefully it sticks together, man, because the guy hit 308, had eight hits, six homers, 13 RBIs, and seven runs scored in the postseason, so – all you, all you fans out there who are like, oh, uh, you know, Stanton sucks. Let's trade him for a bag of balls. Let's do all this other crap. No. You need the, him in the lineup. He needs to be in the middle of there. I say, say now, I'll say it again. Yanks are not winning any World Series anytime soon if he's not a big part of it. And he did his part. He showed up more than anyone else did. And I'm not saying everyone else tapped out at all because there were some guys, you know, Glaber Torres, Gio Urshela, you know, DJ LeMahieu. There were guys that hit. But, I mean, nobody – I mean – Stanton was on another planet with the, with this one. And obviously, I think we'll go with the same exact person who probably won the award this year for us overall, Garrett Cole, 2-0, pitched his ass off again. And again, people, anybody who's knocking him or saying, no, you, pay, you paid all that money, you paid all that money. Yeah, he was worth every goddamn penny this year. I hate to tell you, I don't know yeah. what you're looking at, all because his ERA was was not under one or, you know, one point. Hey, he wasn't even Jacob DeGrom as far as ERA this year. Who cares? Yeah. He pitched his ass off, and he earned that first year's check as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Garrett Cole definitely answered the bell and some. I mean, he lived up to the hype in the very short season and in the playoffs. But, I mean, he, he definitely did his thing. So I, I have zero complaints about Garrett Cole. And, yes, he was my guy who's, who has spoken, you know, pitcher of the ALDS for the Yanks. Uh, he did more than than could have been asked. You know, he had a pitch on short reps due to the no-off days We'll see how the playoff format is next season, if this is how it's going to be going forward. But, yeah, Garrett Cole definitely answered the bell without question. And now, of course, the big uh, the big question is, of course, where do we go from here? What do we do? Who are we going after? Who are we not going after? Who's not going to be back next year? Um, right off the bat, I don't know who's – I mean – Trevor Bowers? Are we going after Trevor Bowers? Are we going after JT Rio, you know, Rio Muto? Are you sticking with Sanchez? So many freaking questions. Right off no. the bat, Ed, who do you not see coming back next year if you had to pick somebody? Not coming back? I don't think there's – I mean, unless Paxton is going to take like a one-year deal, a prove-it deal, I think I had mentioned a couple episodes ago, I don't see them bringing him back. His, you know, his injury concerns have been what they, what they are. Uh, I have a feeling somebody else will probably swoop in and try to overpay him for that, but good luck with that. Uh, Paxton wasn't a bad pitcher for the Yankees, though. I mean, but he just—I I don't know. I, I don't—I don't see it. Um, Hap is definitely gone, so I'd even say Hap is already out the door. 
before Paxton is because I think there's zero percent that they pick up Hap's option for next season, which he does have, uh, which the Yanks do hold on him. So Hap is definitely gone. Paxton's gone. So I, I think that leaves the the big question of what is their rotation going to look like next year. You know, Cole is going to be in. Yeah, Cole is going to be in it. Um, you would have I mean, to believe Cole is the only one you can say is definitely going to be in that rotation next year. Even Tanaka, we don't know if they're going to be. Probably, probably will resign him. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. As far as guys who are, yeah, as far as guys who are actually under contract, uh, you know, you have Garrett Cole. You got to believe Devery Garcia is definitely going to get a shot in in spring training to to make the team. Uh, you know, perhaps at the back end, him and Jordan Montgomery, you would think might be your four and five starters next season. Because I also do think that's what he Yanks didn't break the bank for Mike Clevenger because they felt that they didn't want to give up all these guys for, you know, for a short-term solution. Um, Tanaka is a, a huge question of are, are they going to bring him back or not? My guess is that they will bring him back. I would be pretty shocked if they don't bring Tanaka back. I don't think he's going to get the annual salary that he was getting before because he was getting, you know, well over 20 for, uh, you know, annually. So I, I don't see that happening. Uh, he is 30 years old right now, too, so the length of the contract won't be as, as long. Perhaps a three-, four-year deal for Tanaka, maybe around 20 or a little bit less. That's what I would I would that's my guess as far as it goes, but I would I'm sure they'll figure something out. Because from everything I've seen and, and I've seen and, and heard that Tanaka loves playing for the Yankees. The Yankees love him as well. So I don't see any way that that doesn't happen. Um and Greg, that's what about your friend Mike Ford? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So what about uh, those guys? Ford, Talkman, uh your Brett Gardner's. I mean Brett Gardner Lifelong Yankee. I, I mean, I'd hate to see him go, but it might be time. Talkman and, and Ford, I have no connection to, like I do with Gardner. Yeah. Uh, you see Gardner coming back? Uh, I think Gardner is a really interesting question because I think Frazier has done enough to warrant being the starting left fielder moving forward, or at least having a shot at it. Yeah, we'll get to the DJ LeMahieu in, in a second. We will kind of answer the ones that were, uh, you know, that have options the here. Big, the big questions. Yes, the, the bigger question. Uh, no, Gardner has – the Yanks have a $10 million club option for Gardner next season. I think – I, I kind of see Frazier being the starting left fielder, Talkman being being the fourth outfielder. The question is, do you need a fifth outfielder? I, I, well, I don't know. I don't the way, know. The way Judge and uh, – Well, that's the question. Can't stay on the field. We don't know. Well, though, and Hicks also. Hicks has been – you know, yeah. had the injury bug, who signed for a while – Judges had his injuries to deal with. Um, that that's the question. Do you? I mean, but it also does handcuff your bench to carry that many outfielders. Would you rather carry a guy? Because I think that ties into what we just said. You got guys like Mike Ford on the bench. You know, Tyler Wade is a valuable asset to have on your bench. Great defender, can play multiple positions, brings you speed, but not the greatest hitter in the world. So mm -hmm. in situations like we just saw in the playoffs, you know, the Rays are running out guys like Brazo and, and things like that. Our bench, we have Mike Ford. No, no knock on him. I mean, he he did his job, you know, in 2019, but was not even close to being the same player this season. So, you have to wonder. Maybe you want a guy who's a little bit, you know, a, a better hitter off the off the bench, right there. Um, my gut says that we will not see Gardner back next season. I think they decline the option and they move on. Um, and does he play for the, Does he play for the Marlins next year? Why not? <laughs> nah. 
with Jeter and Posada? Does he go down there and play with them? I don't know. No, I think Gardner would probably get picked up by another contender who maybe needs a fourth outfielder type of that. I don't think anyone's signing him to be a starting outfielder at this point. I think maybe, yeah, like you want a veteran fourth guy off the bench. I think that's the kind of spot he flies into. I'm not sure where he would end up, but my my gut feeling says that they're not picking up that option. They're going to try to go a little bit younger, not carry five outfielders, go with four, and you know just rely on some of these guys to start staying healthy. Um, and I guess that brings us to you know the big question is DJ LeMahieu. You have to. You I have think to. you have to. I think the only way he the only way LeMahieu prices himself out is if he gets in, completely insane with this. I know there. Were, it was mentioned on the case show earlier that they were talking about there were some reports out there that were talking about he wants twenty five million a year for like a, a bit for like five years or something like that. I'm not sure if I'm going that far. That would be he's kind what, of 30, 30, well, how old is he? thirty two. Thirty two, yeah. At twenty five million dollars a year, I mean that's that's a bit excessive. Yeah, that is. That's, that's unfortunate too. Yeah, and he's another guy though who I'm sure his agent probably like wanted to strangle him when he's he's been saying recently he wants to stay. He openly has said it. He he loves playing for the Yanks. He wants to stay. I would still see something envisioning four years at twenty million dollars a year, which is still a big jump up from the twelve he was getting. But he has also earned it. You, you kind of like got to look at it too. Is that he's outperformed his contract? I think his game is not one that's going to fall off the planet. You know, as he gets a little bit older, I think he can keep going with the game that he plays four years at 80 is kind of what I would be comfortable signing the, you know, signing him for. And yes, I'd be pretty shocked if he's not back. Now, what about, like I said, the only two big freedoms I know that are coming up are, are, uh, Trevor Bauer and, uh, JT Riamuto. Um, yeah. And Riamuto came out with his ridiculous contract demand. Well, supposedly his ridiculous contract yeah. to make him the highest paid catcher ever. In the history of the universe, yeah. Uh, any and he's chance, no spring chicken either. Any chance the Yankees will go after either one of them? So I, I guess that that jumps into well, whatever. We can get to Bauer because I think Rio Muto is more of a talking point. Um, Trevor Bauer was openly tweeting over the last week or so. Hey, you know, Yanks could use a starting pitcher. Padres, imagine them with a starting pitcher. So he's kind of throwing himself out there for that. He is a bit of a wacky guy, but he's a really good pitcher, and he would probably be. A pretty lights out number two or number three by in, in the Yanks rotation. Um, the Yanks will have Luis Severino back next year, but he's not going to be back until June. He's a guy you can see as a number two to Cole or a number three as well, but you're not going to have him right off the bat. Plus, he's coming off Tommy John surgery next season. You would assume he's going to need to try to get back to it. We probably won't see the real Luis Severino until 2022. I think they, if the price is right, I can see them kind of going after Bauer. Honestly, I'm, I'm not. I think he's more realistic. JT Realmuto, that I would that I don't see. I don't see the Yankees spending a boatload on a catcher at this point who is around 30 years old as well. I think that and especially if he's those contract demands that you mentioned are real, there's no chance. I, I, I don't think there's if they're real. I see him more in play for the Mets, honestly. And I'm not it's not a shit talking thing whatsoever. Again, I I know it's funny how we have to kind of like disclose that at times. But the Mets aren't in need of a guy that would be like a leader like that. A and the Mets, can hit as Mets well. are getting a, a real owner. Yes, so they're they, a guy they who, afford him. They're getting a guy who's going to spend a shitload of money. So that might be the splash that they make. I, I don't see him in play for the Yanks. 
I think the Yanks catching situation is really interesting, though, because the way they handled Sanchez after his regular season performance, the way they handled him in the playoffs, going with Higashioka, pretty much, you know, all of what, you know, two games in the entire playoff run, um, that, that kind of shows you where they're at with him. Sanchez is also not making a lot of money. So is it worth trading him at this point? Because you're not going to get anything back for Sanchez right now. His his value is extremely low. So I also don't want to see the Yanks trade him for a bag of balls or warm Gatorade, which I've said in the past. Like, that would be kind of insane. So I, I, I don't know. And I don't see Kyle Higashioka, a 30-year-old starting catcher who's been a career mostly minor leaguer, suddenly being the starting catcher for the Yankees over the course of a season. He's an excellent defender. He's the perfect backup. Uh, that, that'll be something to watch. That'll be something really, really interesting to watch. I mean, okay. he, 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 he came up big this year. He really did. No, he did, and I'm not knocking him, but I'm just saying looking at where they're going for a guy who's been – he's got a, he's a career minor leaguer for a reason. You know, it's he, he's not the best hitter unless the Yanks are like, hey, we're just going to treat the catching position as solely defense, and whatever we get offensively, we get. We've totally done it. I mean, are you going to carry Gary Sanchez as a backup catcher then? I what mean, does Sanchez have left on his deal? What does he have left? He's arbitration eligible uh, this offseason, which he might get around $10 million. So he, he's so going to get it. It's worth taking their risk for one more year then. I think it is. I, I, I think he makes up. Yeah, that, that's my guess is that you're probably going to see him get a shot in spring training to compete for the job. I think wow. that it's not worth the trade uh, at this point because you're not going to get much for him anyway. Uh, unless the Yanks really feel like there's no chance. He has to have a change of scenery, and he has to go. That's when the Yanks would, would make that move. Um, another interesting thing is what happens with Miguel Andujar. His agent had comments that we mentioned you know, over there. Gio Shell is obviously the you know he, third base is his starting job. It's not going to go back to Andujar. You're not going to get much back for him, though. So these are guys that you're going to have to trade. I don't know if you even, you know, you're gonna to want to package him or something like that. I'm not so yeah. sure. It's even but worth it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, if, if you can find the right deal for both of them and put them together, maybe the value is there and you get something in return. But those are, those are two interesting moves to watch. Watch with the Yankees, Miguel Andujar and Gary Sanchez. Where they're gonna go with that? Besides the free agent, uh, DJ LeMay, he was, was the biggest thing. Tanaka is another thing. Do they upgrade the rotation? I don't know. There, there. There's there's some some big questions to ask and. We we will are, are have those, more. Are those are those the two biggest free agents, right? Bauer and and Riamuto? Yeah, that, that I would even say that you know because it's not. And another factor you got to look at too is, you know, what teams are going to spend money right now, but with no fans. I mean, they all took a they all took a beating this season with no fans. There's probably not going to be fans in a lot of ballparks. To start well, see, next that's season where either. that's where I think the Mets are going to have a massive advantage this year. Yeah. Massive advantage because they're bringing in a guy, a billionaire who hasn't lost money. He didn't lose any money this year. Yeah, I'll go out and spend a billion dollars if he has to, to, to put a team together. You know, so yeah. I think the Mets, the Mets are going to have a huge offseason and a huge. They might get Bowers and Rio Muto and who knows who else, just based on the fact that Cohen. I didn't lose any money. I made money this year. I made a shitload of money this year, and I can do what I want. You know. Yeah. Just, well, I actually had pulled up. Um, MLB.com has a listing of the top 25 free agents in 2020, 2021. They have Riamuto at, by the way, he is 30 years old. So 
his, you know, that that deal he that you keep hearing about, that long term crazy deal. I, I don't know, thirty year old catcher. A catcher, yeah, catcher. I don't know. Nah. Uh, they have Trevor Bauer listed as number two, who is also thirty, but he's not. You know, I haven't heard anything. He's going to get paid, but I'm not seeing no seven year, eight year deal for him. Um, Astros George Springer outfielder, not really a guy the Yanks would be interested in. Marcus Simeon shortstop, not really interested in him either. They're, these guys are all thirty years old, by the way. Uh, Marcelo Zuno of the Braves. And then they have DJ LeMay, who ranked number six at age 32. Uh, Marcus Stroman, who's 29. I also don't see Marcus Stroman being better than anything that the Yankees currently got anyway, so I, I don't see that either. Uh, Didi is ranked as number eight wow. on, on this list. Uh, yeah, so there's really no you know young – up and coming guys, you're like, oh my god, this has to be Bauer and Riamuto are, are the ones or the top two to watch that are not Yankees uh, currently. So I don't know it'll be a very interesting offseason. I, I personally don't see them really scrapping the whole thing and tearing it down and starting all over. I think they're going to tweak and do some things. Maybe a move that we don't see coming right now uh, could be in play, but you're probably going to see a similar team coming back. You know, some bullpen depth, maybe. I mean, Tommy Canely was missed. Also, his, he, was, he was missing as well. But you're going to see Chapman as the closer for those who want to complain about him. But Ch Chapman's an elite closer. It is what it is. I know he the season kind of ended with two home runs that he gave up these last two years. But he's an elite closer, guys. Our Listen, Yankee fans have spoiled for a long time with Mariano Rivera. This is what regular closers do. They give up home runs sometimes. But most of the time, they get it done, man. All right. Uh, it's going to wrap up a very horrible end to the season. But I think we had a good year, our first year yeah. doing the show. It was a lot um, of fun. But we're not done. We're not exactly done. Not not totally done. We are done with the Yankee part. And we may pop in every now and then for a, maybe a free agent frenzy or a draft. or a, Well, draft was already done. Or yeah. something along those lines. But what we will be doing from now on to lean towards the Star Wars part of our name and part of our show, we will be back either the 30th, November 1st, one of those days. We will review The Mandalorian Season 2, episode by episode, which will be fun as hell because I can't wait just to even watch the <laughs> East, all the Easter eggs and all the stuff. that because I started, I started rewatching Season 1 today, just mm -hmm. trying to count, count all the Easter eggs that I can find. Um I think I find more than some other people might, just because they're stupid, stupid things that only only an idiot like me would know. It's awesome. So <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Because in the first episode, I I counted like four or five in the first ten minutes that not nice. everybody not everybody might get, just because like I said, I, I'm I'm an insane person. Um. <laughs> so yeah, we we will be back with the Star Wars portion of our show. We will watch each Mandalorian episode. We will come back and review them. One by one, we may pop up with a Yankee special every now and then. Hopefully, no other legends die. We'll do a show oh, about not. that. Um, yeah, so come back and watch us when we do the Mandalorian run by run. Then you said we might pop up every now and then <laughs> to do a top ten, top whatever, another Star Wars show. Who knows? You know, it's 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 a new day. It's a new day. It's a brand new day for us in our new popculturepros.com website. 
And uh, yeah, so Ed, well, how how are you been? How did you enjoy the first year on the air? Yeah, listen, the first, the first season, first season. I know, sh- shorter than probably the future seasons are going to be. Uh, yeah, thank you for everybody who was watching each and every week, or if you caught an episode here and there, whenever you do live or whenever. Thank you for watching. Uh, it was a blast, honestly. I had a I had a good time. Uh, Tim was nudging me to to do a Yankee show for for a bit, and you know, I guess. Things lined up and perfectly got it. I'm, I know things lined up and got on here. So happy we did. It's, it's I look forward to it every week, man. And it, it's been a lot of fun. So thank you for everyone who watched. Thank you to, you know, Steve Farachi and, you know, for letting us do our thing on here as well. And now we got the new website to brand new, exciting things to look forward to on popculturepros.com. Um, yeah. So thanks, man. Thanks to everybody. And uh, we look forward to bringing you some more. Awesome content as we're going to lead it, travel over to the Star Wars portion, which. Oh, there which, you go. I wasn't going to say nothing. I didn't say nothing. Yeah, yeah, no. We're going to lead into the Star Wars portion now with some Mandalorian reviews for you guys every week. And we'll drop in some Yankee stuff when we got it. And that's it. Absolutely. Good, man. Cool. And uh, yeah, like I said, popculturepros.com is the new site. Uh, make sure you look for all the shows, all the new content coming. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks man, for The Mandalorian Episode 1, October 30th. I might even take off a day that way, take off work that day. That's how excited I am about that show. So, uh, everyone, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We are on any way you listen to a podcast. We are there. Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're on all that stuff. Uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. See you guys later. Peace. Try to take our song. It's a good damn song.